Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Parents of the children of the damned, welcome back to Spoiler Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That, that right there is the intimidating Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's your favorite and one of my favorite artists of all time, Eric Powell, isn't it? It is. Eric has, I'm not going to say whatever, but go on Google and search for Eric Powell action comic covers. And his cover series for action comics are by far one of my favorite covers that I've I've ever seen in a comic book. You're going to find. So I, uh, Jeff and I did this interview and Eric is a very down to earth, normal guy in every sense of the word. You know, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he still lived with his parents, kind of normal guy, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) And I, and I mean that in every, every, uh, and I think he would laugh way, at that. Not in a weird way. Not in a weird way. I think he would laugh at that because he just, he's your buddy from high school. That's yeah. how he came across to me. You know, he's, he's like, he's easy to talk with. He's very open about everything. And I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy this interview because uh, we had a ton of fun doing it. And, and hopefully he's going to come back. Actually, he said he'd come back. So I, I think he will. And we'll do like a commentary track. He's he's like, pick a comic. We'll do it. And I was like, no, yeah. you pick a comic, man. And we'll do it. So we're thinking of doing a commentary track on the uh, the new Goon stuff coming out. Dude, his Goon stuff is amazing. I uh, Did you ever see the, uh, the, like the animation test for a Goon movie that we did, did years ago? Yeah, he was really bummed about that. Never really got off the ground. Yeah, I wish they yeah, would have. But they have other things so in the great. works that he couldn't talk about yet. He, he hints at things. And I think you guys would be excited for that. And, nice. you know, one of the things I love was I asked him, I said, when you sat down and started doing the goon, what, 20 years ago, 24 years ago, did you ever yeah. think you'd be sitting here now talking about that, mon- that many comics, possible <laughs> movies, all the stuff? He's like, not in a million fucking years. <laughs> right. Or, or, coming on our podcast and talking to us. I mean, come on. Right, right. Well, no. that's, that's how he wants to try to get no word out on his stuff. <laughs> right. You know, there's, there was one question I wanted you guys to ask him, and I couldn't make the interview because of scheduling conflict. There was one question I wanted you guys to ask him, and you, guys, and you guys didn't ask him because, one, I forgot to tell you guys about it right before the interview, and, and, yeah. and two, it just I should have asked you beforehand. But it was um, – well, I'll just save it because I'm hoping that uh, he comes back on and we can a- I can ask him the question because I'm, I'm really What's the curious question, about dude? it. <laughs> well, I was trying to leave it as an open mystery thing, but the question was when, when I did my Einz anthology, I was, it got backed by an Eric Powell, same spelling and everything. Oh. And I'm curious if he was if he backed the book th- of my Einz anthology. I'd, I had a couple um, – I had a couple industry people back the book that I know of, um, yeah. which, is, which was amazing. And But his name came in and I was like – you're one that I don't know and I love your work. So I'm curious if it was him who backed the book. Yeah. 
Probably was. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was. Even if he says no, I'm still gonna think. I'm still gonna think it is. Yeah, it was totally Eric Powell. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. We had a ton of fun. So, what do you think, Johnny? Should we just get into it? Let's do it, man. All right, Eric Powell. guys welcome back and today we're super excited because one it's a rare opportunity for jeff and i to get to work together today which we don't always get to do when we get to actually talk to somebody but eric came on and we were both like oh my god we want to talk with eric powell together because dude you're the man i love the goon i i i love you know which one i love from albatross funny books if you guys don't know eric started his own independent publishing company called albatross funny books you got to check out all their stuff. You guys did a wonderful series a couple of years ago called Wolf Nom or Nom Wolf. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I love that thing. Oh, uh, I love the art in it. It was so unique. It was yeah. different than what you you know you normally get. And I'm hoping another series of that comes out or some type of. I, I don't get your hopes up. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it was so of, unique. And it was like, it, and it was a complete of, story. Yeah. The creators just kind of like, were like, that's it. Yeah. So they did a good job on it though. Yeah. It was cool that you guys put that out for him. Uh, yeah, the the artwork in that in that book is so fun. Yeah, so. yeah. It kind of it kind of reminded me of oh, what is that? God, there's an old newspaper, you know, a uh, comic strip of a guy in the army, Beetle Bailey. No, oh yeah, I think maybe that's, it is Beetle Bailey, and it kind of reminded me or Dagwood it, and Bond. It's the nose. It's the nose. Yeah, long squared into the nose. Yep, yeah. yep. That's what it reminded me of. But man, it was it was so much fun. It was yeah. so much fun. I was like, oh, when I when I picked it up, I was like, what is this craziness? And I started. And I read that first one in the comic book store, and I was like, I got to buy this. And then I I got them all, and I was I read them. I don't know. I, I read it twice. Yeah, I read that whole story twice because I liked it. So great, much. great covers. Yeah. 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 So really good design. So, Jeff, I know you have a lot of stuff. So, why don't we get in and uh, see what's going on? All right. So, we'll see. Since we're talking about Albatross Funny Books, I did have a, one of the questions that I, was, I had was obviously, as your fans know, Goon at one point was with Dark Horse. It went from Albatross Funny Books to Dark Horse, mm-hmm. and then from Dark Horse back to Ab- Albatross Funny Books. So yes. what happened with Goon that once it was ongoing, went to miniseries, and then once again restarted as ongoing with Albatross. So what was the, what happened that made you go through that process? Well, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I'll keep I I, I won't get into, but I, I love Dark Horse. I will always love Dark Horse. They're they were my favorite publisher when I was a kid. And I got a, there's a lot of people who, you know, are still working there that I think the world of. But there was some there was some weird stuff going on there for a while, and and just some it, it was like that it, it was like a relationship where it's like this isn't kind of working out anymore. Maybe we should just kind of you know it was very very amicable split to say the least. I mean we we talked a lot about it, but I I needed a break and just decided to do Hillbilly myself and self publish it. And then as I started researching that, I thought. Well, I should try to just do my own company and possibly publish some other stuff, you know, just as an experiment, try it out, see what happens. And Hillbilly did so well that I went back and looked at it and it just kind of made no sense to, 
if I was going to do it, the 20th anniversary of the goon was coming up. So I wanted to do more, another new goon thing. And it just didn't make any sense to actually take it to another publisher when I had this structure in place and uh, you know, why, why split the money with someone when you don't have to. That makes a lot more sense. So, and, and, you brought on a lot of other artists and writers into Albatross Funny Books and kind of expanded the publisher quite a bit. To you, what kind of represents an Albatross Funny Book comic book? Like, which ones do you say this is made for this pub- for me for my as a publisher? I think the it has to have strong art for one, and it has to have a unique element to it. You know, it has to it has to be fun. The writing has to be fun and the art has to be good. I think that's, that's it, you know, and anything that's a little quirky seems, you know, I, I think automatically fits into that. Nom Wolf, you know, that's a perfect example. And then we did uh, Grumble with Mike Norton and Rafer Roberts and, you know, which they describe as Howard the Duck meets Hellblazer. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of like weird, you know, just fun comic. That's, I think that's what we mostly, you know, seems to draw my attention anyway. Do you think there's going to be a return to of the hillbilly? Yes. I have, I have more stories planned. Just, I, I was, there should be a new series out right now, but I just became overwhelmed with work this year. And, you know, the stress of our environment hasn't helped my productivity that much so it's it's really hard to write funny stuff when the world's on fire you know yeah. right 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 <laughs> so my my productivity has gone down a little bit on top of trying to run the company and, and getting overwhelmed with aspects of that so I got behind on it and realized I'm I'm going to kill myself trying to maintain all this stuff so I just decided to push it back but there are more hillbilly books coming. I have, nice. I, I have a lot more stories that I want to tell with that character. And and I would say, I mean, I know you said it's, it's hard to write funny in a time like this, but as a fan, I must admit, I need, I feel like I need the goon and hillbilly like right now more than, <laughs> I, more than ever before. You know what I'm saying? Like now I, I need that. <laughs> That's, I made a conscious, I noticed, I went back and looked at a lot of the, the goon stuff I was doing, especially near the end when I, when I kind of ended the original series at dark horse and I noticed how just really the goon has always kind of had a, a dark comedy or tragic slant to it, but it seemed to really go more towards the tragic with the last few series. So, you know, last year when it was the 20th anniversary and I, I wanted to relaunch, I thought nobody needs more misery right now. You know, they could use some, some funny and and try to escape a little bit. So I made a conscious effort to make the goon a little bit more, go for the humor a bit more than the tragic. uh, A little more lighthearted. Yeah. Do you think it's in the realm of reality that the hillbilly, the hillbilly and goon will have a crossover at some point in the future? I think the closest we're going to get is uh, Hillbilly 2. I think it was Hillbilly 2, maybe Hillbilly 3. Uh, Buzzard was in it. I think that's the closest it's going to get. Buzzard in the in the Goon universe has kind of become the basically the Grim Reaper. He's death. You know, he's, he's so he's walking in and out of these different realities and kind of escorting people to the afterlife. But 
that kind of and that worked in that hillbilly story, but I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I could come up with a good idea and maybe get the char- characters together, but I think that's probably uh, going to be it. Now, well, once again, I'm loving what you're doing with Goon right now. The Uncle series is fantastic. I did notice that in recent issues, though, that they've been written by Roger uh, Langridge and art with Mike Norton doing the art for it. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's going to happen more often? Or are you stepping away from the, the stories a little bit? I wanted to bring in some other creators and, and kind of let them get their take on it. Like the, the, ser- the, the storyline after I did my relaunch was drawn by Brett Parson and, and written by uh, me and Tom Stangoski. And then, and then Roger and Mike's series happened. It's probably going to happen less. It was, it was good to, to try it out, but you know, it, it it didn't create as much of a lack of work as I was hoping. <laughs> you know? I'm still too busy. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, I got other people to do the book, and it, you know, I'm still swamped. So that's because you keep um, finding new things for you to do. Yeah, and so I don't know. I'm I if an artist that I really love approaches, say, oh, I'd love to draw a goon book, or a writer comes along, then I, you know, of course I would, you know do something else, but I'm probably just going to stick with doing it myself. That's cool. How did you no get, how do you how, guys come up with the, I don't want to see stories. How do you find the books that you want, that you feel like you want to publish? They've kind of come to me. I, yeah. I haven't really sought anything out. Uh, yeah. it, they all just organically popped up in conversation through, through friends and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, Brett Parson did this goon four issues of goon mm-hmm. and then uh, he's also drawing he's the artist of tank girl right now yeah and uh that guy's fantastic though by yeah the way. he's he's amazing yeah his stuff has so much energy and it's just great but alan martin the co-creator of tank girl they were discussing you know moving to a different publisher and brett said he really liked working with us so and in some way shape or form and we ended up publishing tank girl so that's kind of, it's all kind of organic and not really planned. We're just like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Yeah, that's awesome. When, um, so I'm 46. I think mm-hmm. I'm a year older than you because I think you were born in 75. Yeah. So that means you're like 45 or so. Uh huh. So 24 years old, a young Eric, wide eyed Powell is riding <laughs> the goon. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would have omnibuses coming out 21 years later? doing anniversary issues and having the celebrated character this long? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I had no, I had, I had dreams that I could make a living doing my own comic, but yeah. I never, it, I, I had certain things that I really would, I was like, man, wouldn't it be great if this happened? And wouldn't it be great if this yeah. happened? And I, the, the dreams weren't terribly, well, they were kind of lofty. They were right. kind of, you know, dreams, but it was like, I want to win an Eisner award. And wouldn't it be great if Bowen designs did a goon statue and, and what if I could make a living doing my own book and those things so happen. Awesome. Yeah. And it's like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, if you, I, I it's would so break, cool though. <laughs> yeah. I would break down. If you went back in time and told like, you could show this interview to myself yeah. at 24 or whatever. Yeah. I'd probably just break down in tears, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, 
it was, uh, you know, it's rough when you're young and you don't know what's going to happen, you know, and you, yeah. I truly thought that I was going to publish the goon and it was just going to be a, a vanity thing. Like I went and got a loan and, and it was kind of, I was, I was doing inking work and stuff before and little fill in one shots issues here and there. Uh, yeah. Some Buffy, the vampire slayer stuff did a little bit of inking work for, for Marvel, but all of that dried up and I wasn't getting any, yeah, I wasn't getting any work and thought, well, time to go get a real job, I guess. And <laughs> I thought, well, I, I, I don't feel like I've been able to show off what I'm capable of because right. I'm not really suited to do, you know, Buffy, the vampire slayer. It's not right. really, I, I'm not the kind of slick artist you need on something like that. And so I thought, well, I'm going to take out a loan. I'm going to self-publish this comic. So at least when I, I have to go get a real job, I can look back and go, well, that's what I could do. Yeah. You know, this, at least I did try one time to do it my own way. Right. How much and regret you would have had if you didn't do that. I know it, yeah. it would have been terrible. Yeah. But I ended up doing the book and it immediately started getting, I mean, this is the early days of the internet. So yeah. it immediately started getting a little buzz online and just started, you know, taking off. It's awesome though. That's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents think when you were like, I'm going to do oh. this for the rest of my life. This is what I want to do. I, I, I'm not sure they still approve. I, <laughs> 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 I, I, I mean, I, my, my relationship with my parents is pretty much, it's almost like don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't really show them my work, you know, it's right. like, I, I, it's, I, I realized very early as I, when I would get excited about something and take it to them and show it to them and go like, Hey, look at this thing. They just did not get it at all. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's probably better off if I just have a complete separation of, of my work and family. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't show my family any of my work. I don't talk about my work. Uh. I just leave it at that. You just call them up and say, Hey, I paid all my bills this month. You proud of me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm making a living and can pay my bills. That's all you got to worry. But you're about. leaving the, you're honestly, man, you're living the dream, right? You're doing something that you love and you're able to sustain yourself. And yeah, you know, it, right now I still have to have a day job <laughs> to be able to do what I'm doing right now. And we want to do just this, what you're saying that you were feeling 20, 21 years ago is exactly how Jeff and I and, and Johnny and all our crew, cause we have, quite a few of us now working on this thing. Yeah. We have the same conversations. All it takes, it's any kind of entertainment thing. It's just recognition. Yep. And all it takes is that one moment for people to, to, to talk about what you're doing or, you yeah. know, some little thing clicks and a bunch of people hear about something. And then all and of a sudden it's game. And then that's it. Yeah. 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 What do you like about, having albatross funny books because you guys are really, I mean, when I see a book come out and it has your, your imprint, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm going to give it a chance <laughs> because everything that I've read so far has been something that I've loved. So it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like you guys and like aftershock is another one that I tend to go, mm -hmm. okay, they're, they're doing some cool stuff. I want to see what they're doing. IDW, IDW is another one that I always tend to like and boom, but man, What's your favorite thing about owning your own publishing company? Honestly, the thing I, I really like about it is yeah. 
is, is putting the books together. Yeah. Like building the, the, the process of building the book and, you know, in design and laying things out and everything that's, I think that's, that's the part that I actually enjoy about it the most. Unfortunately, that's the part that also adds a lot of work to my schedule. <laughs> is it the, is it the teamwork portion of it or is it Eric sitting down by himself and visually thinking of a story and writing it out and outlining it and then actually putting pen to paper, as they say. Well, that aspect of my stuff hasn't really changed that much. It's still pretty yeah. much, you know, kind of, even though we've done some, some, some goon stories with other people coming on, it's yeah. still, I'm pretty still much isolated. Yeah. In my, in my one man show. Yeah. <laughs> Are you missing cons? I am. And I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Cause I've been, you know, I've been doing we... this for, for, you know, over probably 25 years, you know, I've actually Two decades in... down the drain, man. Boom. Yeah. And it, it's cons. I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, San Diego. I hate San Diego. I actually really like right. San Diego. I like, it's an excuse to get out of the house for one thing, you yeah. know? And why wouldn't you like nice, west coast san diego weather for a week you know that's nice yeah but i mean after the first five years of conventions you've seen right. everything you you know you know it's like start seeing hey, the same people more more star wars stuff yeah i've seen that <laughs> more stormtroopers that was cool the first 500 times i've seen them you know so conventions <laughs> conventions burn burned out you yeah. know in the first decade for me, but I, I'm kind of surprised how much I miss it now. You is know, it the I'm people like, that oh. you miss more than the products. Yeah, just yeah, like you know, the 99 of the, the the readers and fans that come up at conventions are awesome people. You know, really polite and thoughtful, yeah. and just want to tell you that that your work meant something to them, which I greatly appreciate because we're you know 90 percent of the time sitting in a cave and not realizing anyone is seeing anything that we're doing. Yeah. Well, if you're not actively online and participating with the fan base in that manner, and even then it's, it's a yeah. different, it's a different thing because they're People always weird. Much more hostile. Online yeah. But you get that, you don't get that feedback because you're making this product and putting it out in the world. You don't know what they're thinking when they're reading it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's cool. But the, you know, the, for all those nice fans, it's the one kind of, uh, kind of jerk that'll come up to the table that, that sticks out in your mind every time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate people. But, <laughs> so it's like kind of like, you know, it's customer. You're, you're basically doing customer service. Yeah. Right? Conven conventions are customer service, you know? Yeah. So that aspect of it, I, you know, wears on you, but I really miss seeing those people. I really yeah. miss seeing everyone and, and talking to, to the, to comic readers and other comic creators and being social, you know, and I, I can't wait to get to my next convention. Now. Yeah. Do you do the uh, Emerald city comic con one? Yeah. When I can. Yeah. That's a great one. That's yeah. I'm in Seattle. Yeah. So next time you're here, I, I, I gotta, we, I gotta take you out for dinner or something. Cause. Oh yeah. Cause it's tell uh, me all the good places. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's good. I can't wait. I, I'm excited. I only really like going to like artist alley meeting the artists mm -hmm. and the writers. That's the only part that I really like doing at the conventions that, yeah. and, it, and it used to be, I loved used to going and hitting the, 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 the comic book, the bins. 
Mm-hmm. But now it seems like all the prices get jacked up because they're at the con. I, I still like going through the Like last year, one of my favorite things about conventions was I got on this kick of going through the, the like quarter bins and stuff. Yeah. And you can still find really fun, weird stuff in there. Yep. yep. I found a lot of like just bizarre horror comics and stuff in a, in a lot of like dollar bins. I like that. Um, so that's, I love bizarre horror ones. I, yeah. I've read some ones that I remember the first time I read Faust by, oh, what's his name? It's on the tip uh, of my tongue. But man, that was a crazy comic book. Yeah. With some crazy yeah. art. Chem Vigil. Is that his yeah. name? Vigil? Yeah. yeah. It's like the king of high detail. <laughs> <laughs> Showing parts of the anatomy. I was like, I, I don't need yeah, to see that much detail. High detail on anatomy. <laughs> Anatomy in the strictest sense. Exactly. What are you reading right now? You reading anything that that's different? Um, or uh, I, I, as soon as I'll get off this thing, I'll think like, oh, I'm reading that. Things. You know, it's it's one of those things. Every time I'm put on the spot, I can't remember what I'm looking. Anything, at. Is it all independent stuff? Well, let's put it this way: Do you go independent more, or do you tend to kind of stick with the big two or the big three, or? I, I kind of read whatever doesn't take itself too seriously. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not reading a lot of, of superhero stuff these days, not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just, right. it's not that, that genre has kind of left me behind yeah. where it's like that. It's not, uh, I don't feel like it's been made for me anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel the it's same. Just, Eric, just I feel the same the, way. I read old superhero stuff now. Yeah, I, re- I go back and reread some of the stuff I liked or something I might have missed. Uh, I've read Craven's Last Hunt the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, I tend to I tend to follow artists more than than writers for the most part. So I see yeah. if there's an artist I like who's doing a run on something, I'll grab that. There's so much good. Like, I don't know if indie is the right word anymore, but there's so much good. I uh, creator owned. There's yeah. so much we create our own stuff right now that I tend to grab a lot of that. You there's, know. there's a ton. I mean, with Kickstarter really making it much easier for people to branch out. Yeah. For that, it's it's been wonderful for that sense because it's like, wow, you, you I go on Kickstarter and I'll just start searching around for comic books and it's like the amount that's there is tremendous. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just wish they could, I just wish some of those guys could be more quickly depressed. <laughs> Because <laughs> you get like one and it's like two years later, the next one's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, they're probably working. So <laughs> probably it's probably why they're having to kickstart it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If someone had a story, are you interested in people sending you things or are you like, you know, if it's going to be here at Albatross, it, it's going to happen organically. Yeah. We're, we're actually probably cutting back. Yeah. And, and, our initial model was we're only going to publish at the most three or four titles a month because yeah. we wanted retailers to be able to, if they went to the Albatross section, they were like, all right, I can order, order all four of those books and I know they'll, they'll sell or be decent, you know? Yeah. But like I said, getting overwhelmed with everything and, and I get taken away from my own projects a little bit. Yeah. And that was not the intention of, of the company. Right. So we're probably going to scale it back a little bit more and probably and smart. possibly go, you know, like kind of like Jeff Smith has with cartoon books and, and Terry Moore has with abstract, you know, yeah. kind of focus more on just my own material. 
material, but that's not to say we would never publish, you know, someone else's book. Cause I'm just curious when you're at a con, do you get just in a day with people coming up? Will you read my thing? Will you read this? Will you, can I show um, you my work? We, <laughs> we've gotten quite a few people. I mean, with their, every publisher, it's, it's yeah. like any other entertainment business. There's more people that want to get into it than there are actual, you know, spots open. So right. there's a, we get our fair share of samples. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's writing comic books and being in that realm is not easy. And I mm-hmm. think people think that it's like this fun and game stuff. There's a lot of fun, but it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> it's not, I, I, I see you guys, man, you guys are working hard, hard. And if you're doing all of that, the only way to make a living in this business is to, you know, constantly be working as hard as you can. Yeah. Because honestly, the, the, the pay, if you get something that hits, you're going to make okay money. Right. But the pay, is, the, for the amount of work that you have to do, the pay isn't great. Right. When you're a work for hire guy. And it's not cheap. I hired a guy to draw a three page story that I did for an, an anthology. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, 250 bucks, 200 bucks a page. And that was just, that's just pencils and inks. Yeah. You know, so it gets up there. Yeah. And if I had to do 24 pages, it would have been, <laughs> I would have been able to afford it. <laughs> the difficulties with the business, you know, back in the day, you know, that they, we had comics selling hundreds of thousands of copies, you know, right. when, you know, in the fifties and sixties and, and everything. And then as the, the readership goes down, you know, it's getting harder and harder for sales to justify, you know, incomes and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, but, you know, I think we're in a good space right now. I think comics are, are there's there's barriers being torn down where you were seen as, as a, a, a big nerd or whatever. Yep. When I was into comics, if you read a comic book, you were a scum, you know, yeah. it's like that guy's yeah. such a loser. Yep. Now I, I go to the airport and there's random people on the plane reading comics, Yep. you know? It's just yeah. such a different culture now than it was when I was into it. You know, oh, you and I are, you know, graduated high school in the exactly. early nineties. Both of us. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I remember taking my comic book in junior high and hiding it, you know, cause I didn't want to pull it out and read it in the library until I yeah. knew nobody was really looking unless I knew it was a friend that collected comic books as well. Cause I just yeah. didn't want to have to deal with uh, the stigma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible. I would, only, I would, I would always take a, some comics to school with me when I was in high school, but it was always, I would never take anything unless it was uh, dark or, you know, some kind of like something that would make me seem kind of crazy for reading it. So (laughs) I wouldn't get messed with Tim Vigil's Faust. (laughs) (laughs) They never took that one. That would have got me in trouble. (laughs) Would have got you kicked out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Jeff. Because comics are so popular right now, and, and I mean they're in the movies, TV shows, they're I mean they're everywhere. Do you think that the big companies are taking proper advantage of how popular they've become with their regular comic books? I don't know if they've done such a good job of taking advantage of the popularity of comic book, you know, culture right now. Unfortunately, the comic book industry is very insulated, and the same people just jump from company to company to company. And it's just, it's like, Oh, who are you working for now? 
oh, I'm working for this company. I was working for that company last week. So it's like, <laughs> there's, there's just not a lot of, I think, original kind of forceful marketing going on. I would, and I wouldn't know what to do. I'm not saying, you know, that, or criticizing anyone's job. Right. I wouldn't know what to do if I was in that position. Obviously I have my own comic book company. And if I knew how to market it and capitalize on all this stuff, I would do that. Right. Um, but I think we're a little out of ideas when it comes to marketing and promotion. And I think it's hurt us that because we can't latch on to that culture as much as we should be. I think, right. The if you look at conventions, you know, it's the toy industry is booming, the movie, <laughs> movies and TV are booming, you know, and and it seems like the comics are getting a little shoved to the corner a little bit more every yep. year. And it's like the source material isn't driving the culture it created. So do you uh, think there's an issue? I guess I shouldn't say issue. I I, I know that you go and you watch a movie and they give a thanks to the creator. They give a thanks to the original, but those guys should be getting paid, you know, they and it's should. weird, you know, it's <laughs> weird do. to watch it and be like, you just made a billion dollars off of their back. Yeah. And you give them I a thanks. I don't know what the royalty system is for that kind of stuff. I've never, yeah, uh, I'm not, I, I haven't worked for Marvel and DC and created anything that they, you know, turned into a movie. Right. So I don't know exactly how that works. I I know there is some kind of royalty system there, but I doubt very much that it's. Uh, yeah, uh, it's nowhere near what it should be. Yeah, but that's that's across the board. I mean, if you you sell something to Hollywood, you're probably making what they pay one day in catering on the movie. Yeah, that's probably what you're getting off of it. You know, it's you're not, not going to get a lot. You know, they're they're going to give you you know, an option fee, you know, and then you'll make some money on the back end maybe. Yeah. But there's also so much a cre- creative accounting that if they didn't want to pay you at all. They probably wouldn't have to. Yeah. You'd yeah. Say, oh, you know, this, this movie didn't make any money. <laughs> so, like they're trying to say about the walking dead, you know, Frank Darabont had to sue them. Yeah. And they, their, their claim is the show doesn't make any money. Right. Yeah. Like the biggest TV sensation of the last decade. And it, didn't make any money. It was beating out Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones is like one of the biggest ones ever. Yeah. It, you know? It's a ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Are I don't we, know. Any chance of seeing goon or hillbilly in a different medium? Well, we're still working on the goon movie. We're still trying That'd to get amazing. that live action movie. or animated animated. Nice. With Tim Miller who directed Deadpool and the last Terminator. Oh yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. And his company blur is is animating it. We've been trying to get that off the ground for a while and it seems like the the winds are going our way. Nice. <laughs> I, yeah. I have a good I have a good All feeling. All you can do about, is cross your fingers and hope. Yeah, but they've been fighting super hard to get get make the goon happen and they haven't given up. <clears throat> and I I think we're in a good spot right now where hopefully soon we'll be able to say the goon is greenlit. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, Eric, man, I know you're a busy man. You're running a whole company and you're writing all this stuff. So <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. I know Jeff really appreciate you stopping by. Hey, there's one thing that we do, and I don't know if you'd be interested in that. And, and please don't feel any obligation because I'm asking you right now. 
Okay. But one of the things we love to do with creators is to take a book that they've written of your choice. And then we do a commentary. We do a DVD track style commentary on it. And we go page by page through the story. And we talk to you about what were you thinking on this and and, and what's going on here and kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of go over it. And it gives the audience a chance to pick up that book and they kind of go through, through it with you. Is that be something you'd be interested in doing? Sure. I don't know a book. Uh, Any book. We could do Goon number one or maybe on the relaunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's one of the things. It's hard. How do you keep 20 years of doing the Goon? You have audiences that loved it 21 years ago that mm-hmm. have gone on with their life. But how do you refresh those people to keep one, you know, new people coming into something like I don't know how I got people to like it in the first place. <laughs> so it's just kind of like <laughs> Uh, I just, I, I still do the same thing I did back then. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's all you can do. I just do it for me. I, I do like, what is, what is fun for me? What do I want it to do? What do yeah. I, you know, what kind of story do I want to do? What do I want to draw? And that's, I, I think that's the only way you can do it. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you start changing your material to, to, because you think like, oh, this is what the kids like. Yeah. I think it's the first way to. To date Jump yourself. that shark. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just like, you know, lose that kind of uh, spontaneous storytelling integrity. Yeah. You know, that, that just, you know, comes naturally if you're doing something that you want to do. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you guys for having me. I really oh, appreciate it. Anytime, dude. Seriously, anytime. You're a joy to talk with. We really appreciated it. Jeff, you have any parting words of wisdom? No, I just want to thank him a lot for joining me. And thank you for being tolerant about my uh, time mistake. (laughs) Oh, no (laughs) worries, man. (laughs) I appreciate that greatly. That's funny. Glad I was able to come in. I was like, oh, yeah, we're getting ready to leave to drive to my house. So I'd be ready to go. And then he was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Kenrick had quite a a panic phone call from me like, oh, shit, Kenrick, get on right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys, you know throwing it together on short notice too. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, Eric, before you leave, leave, do you mind giving us a bumper? I'm just saying I'm Eric Powell. Sure. Writer, creator of goon hillbilly. And you're listening to spoiler country, something like that. Sure. You mean just go? Yep. Anytime. Hey, this is Eric Powell, a creator of the goon and you're listening to spoiler country. That's perfect. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right. Talk to you guys soon. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, (laughs) I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard, you want to hear more, got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com we have a plethora plethora is such a it's such a snobbish word i like it though <laughs> it's, it's a good word <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then there's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com. And I highly implore you to go there and check it out. 
Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridge of the Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more. Misery Point Radio. episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out. And check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. If you want to help support the site, you can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And even more.